Hello and welcome to your awakening. My name is Daniel Lovett. I'm your host of Sozo Talk Radio. Um, my guest today is Brian Simmons. It's interesting. I, I woke up the morning of this interview with the scripture on my mind. As he is, so are we in this world. And it's the very scripture that Brian Simmons brings up. And then it was on my heart, ask him about being glorified. You know, and uh, Romans 6 through 8, let's, let's touch on that. And hey, these are the scriptures that the Lord has, has, has emphasized to me about this next great awakening that we're in. Uh, Romans 6 through 8, and we're already glorified. All that needs healing is our sight. It's really quite brilliant. Uh, so both Brian and I are really excited about this next great awakening that we are in the midst of right now, here in uh, early in 2020. And just that Christ would be revealed in people, that people are going to mature up into the full stature of Christ and his power and in his love and things, new, you know, revelations that were always in scripture that we kind of just glossed over or it was too much for us. Those things are coming to light. Um, a lot of things for me, the passage the Lord's highlighted is John 14 through 17. That's a, that's a key passage too for this next great awakening. There's key points in there about our oneness with God, being partakers of the divine nature. And uh, I'm excited and I'm ex I, I have another exciting announcement. My book, The Christian Mystic, um, is, well, it's almost ready. Uh, I've got first four chapters ready for you to download as a sample. The links are in the description for that. Uh, if you have any trouble with the download, feel free to contact me directly. I will email you a, a copy directly uh, so just to make sure that you get it. Um, this is pretty amazing. Uh, it actually includes my own story and Brian Simmons of our encounters with Jesus, um, what we've both commissioned, been commissioned to do. It's, it's very interesting how the Lord brought me and Brian together. Enjoy this conversation and be sure to download that book. I'm really excited for you to read it. All right. And I, that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, about uh, like uh, Romans six through eight, like, like our, shared life in union with Christ. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm really into Romans <clears throat> Romans right now. I'm doing a not guilty 2020 challenge. Uh, we're going to step into that here soon, but where I'm going to take people through the book of Romans and show them definitively, you know, that we're one with Christ. And if Christ is guilty, then we are. But he paid the price. He was guilty on our behalf. He took the guilt. So uh, to live in any form of guilt or to use guilt to manipulate is is uh, it's just wrong. So he set us wonderfully free. You know, there's two reformations that started out of Romans one to four, and uh, the great. Reformation with Martin Luther, he's, his name is attached to it, even though it was greater than Luther and uh, began before he did his 95 thesis and, of course, endured after his life. But we're really basking in the light 
uh, an incomplete reformation of Martin Luther. Wesley and John and Charles Wesley, the, another Wesleyan reformation took place from the truths of Romans. But the next reformation is going to be Romans 6 to 8. The Lord's really shown me this, that that book of Romans has the power to set free the body of Christ from a sin consciousness uh, into this realm of knowing that we're one with Christ. Everything he is, we are in this world. It's John said that as he is, so are we in this world. And it's not as he was on earth, but as he is now glorified, exalted, enthroned, so are we in this earth, in this world. Phenomenal verse that, you know, those he justified, he also glorified. That's how Romans 8 ends, that the, the, the justified ones have already past tense been glorified. So the glorification of the saints is this next reformation. The first reformation was the justification of the saints. Wesleyan revival, the sanctification of the saints. But now it is the glorification realm. And that only comes when we, we uh, make Christ our life. For to me to live is Christ. What a bold statement. And uh, every time I die, I get more of him. Every th thing I die to in this world, I get more of Christ. I gain him. Yes, Until yes. ultimately, our life on earth is over and we gain even that uh, glorified body of Christ. So the goals, the goals of our lives must be to step into the fullness of what God has. Um, Joshua, before he died, the Lord came to him and said, there's so much more for you to take. <laughs> You haven't even done all that all the land is still waiting for you to take. And I think God is saying to this Joshua generation, this is the time to rise up and, and conquer, not by some, you know, violent or physical means necessarily, but we conquer territory spiritually by possessing it, by putting the soles of our feet, our spiritual appropriation feet upon the promises of God. And we start living them. When we believe that Jesus is the Savior, we get salvation. When we believe he's the healer, we get healing. When we believe he's the glorifier, we get glorification. So the, the glory realm is accessible through our union with Christ. Uh, it's all because of him spilling into our life, the cascading glory of his presence that lifts us from depression, discouragement, pain and takes us into the bliss of the arms of God, that wraparound presence. Yeah, I love it, don't you? I absolutely do, and I'm so encouraged because, I mean, Holy Spirit totally highlighted things to me, even like this morning, as he is, so are we in this world, and, and here you are saying it, and I have written in my notes, a shared life in union with Jesus, Romans 6 through 8, you know, that when Jesus died, that we died, we, we were buried right. to the old life in him, that he tasted death for every man, and now we are resurrected in him, we are already ascended with him, seated at the right hand of the Father, you know, whom he also glorified, past tense, it's, it's, it's the realization yeah. of it, and that's right, what I, and what I see, you know, like it says, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. And that's just taken on a whole new level just now as I say it, you know, like new revelation of like, oh, interesting. You know, everyone's going to get it. That's what he showed me too, about our union with him. Everyone's yeah. going to get it in time. 
I love how Paul writes his letters. He calls them saints. He doesn't call them sinners. He doesn't call them you wretched failures. He, he didn't even start rebuking the Corinthians until he spent considerable time telling them they come behind in no gift. They lack no good thing. They have everything they need in Christ. I mean, he affirmed them. And then, yes, he brought correction, but but mm-hmm. he called them saints. And I think saints is the Greek word hagios, and it simply means holy ones. So what if we started addressing one another? Uh, Hello, Daniel, holy one, holy one, Daniel. How's my, how's my friend, holy one, doing today? I mean, that's, that's saints. And Paul was not a false teacher. <laughs> and if he calls us saints, then we are saints. We are made holy in Christ. And it's, it's, a, it's both an, a finished work and it's an ongoing uh, journey uh, to go deeper into the holiness of God. But to be a saint of the Most High, it's wonderful to be sons and daughters, and we are. It's wonderful to be the bride, and we are. Now it's time to understand sainthood. <laughs> what does it mean to be his holy ones, you know, around the throne, that we're dressed in white, we're those that come before him robed in righteousness. We, uh, you know, the past teaching of the church in generation past has been that God's righteousness is, uh, is imputed to you, which means it, it comes upon you or it, 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 you're, we're robed in his righteousness, which is good. But really, we're infused with him. We are mingled, co-mingled people. We've been mingled with deity, Christ in us is a hope of glory. Dust and deity have mingled and made us a new creation species. We do not yet know what we shall be, it says, John wrote. Mm. We don't even know what that means, what we're really going to be in days to come, years, uh, eons to come. But we are created uh, by God, for God, and now infused with his very DNA, with his righteousness, his character, his power, truth, virtue, and life. So infused, not just, uh, he didn't just impart something to us. He infused it into us. It's, we are like, uh, you know, like a recipe of ingredients mingled together to where the independent ingredients all form a loaf of bread. And so we are that one loaf in Christ formed and mingled as one organically to one another, but, but, uh, mystically or beautifully supernaturally if people just look up the word mystical they'll get over any hang-up about using that word but the mystical union of being one with jesus christ uh it's beautiful it's transcendent it's the thing that will bring the reformation will set us free yeah just to let our listeners know i'm i i love the word mystic i was drawn to it i'm like i'm, I'm writing a book called the christian mystic i have a oh. facebook uh, community page um, called the Christian Mystic. If you go to Facebook.com/slash The Mystical Christian, you'll find that. That's uh, awesome. There'll be links in the description below too. But and to connect with uh, with Brian here in the Passion Translation, you can go to Facebook.com/slash Passion Translation, and uh, you can start reading it online too at Bible Gateway and all that. So I've I've been uh, doing that myself. Uh, my wife and I are musicians too, and this this actually came up recently. 
um, was uh, we released a song called Safe Place. And then the Lord led me through like the series of events like this. I was listening to this guy named Kevin Zadai, Zeta, Zade. I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce the last name, but he's Zadai. Zadai. You know him? Uh, I know of him. I've not yeah. met him. Yeah. He was also on the Sid Roth show. Like, um, and well, he's got his own presentation now on his own channel. And it's just brilliant. Like the stuff that, uh, that I was learning, he had a near death experience where he met Jesus and Jesus talked to him about, about Psalm 16, you know, and, and it starts out, keep me safe, almighty God. I run for dear life to you, my safe place. And that's the name of our song. And I was like, and, he, and he, he revealed that Jesus told him, this was the Psalm I was quoting in the grave, you know, when, when it felt like all was lost, you know, this was the Psalm I encouraged my heart with. And then, and this precious song engraved in gold by King David, that's kind of the yeah the footnote you have on the inscription yeah the inscription for that song oh, that yeah awesome. oh my it's so awesome isn't it you know yeah i really do encourage people to uh not be so afraid of terminology that has been stolen by the enemy uh you know the rainbow god created the rainbow Absolutely. i mean read the bible it's, it's biblical and then mystic you know, the, if you look it up in the dictionary, it doesn't mean spooky, weird, uh, illogical. It simply means spiritual. It's something transcendent. It's something not in our natural realm. And we are a supernatural people that have been mystically joined to Jesus Christ. I mean, it's a mystery, isn't it? We don't know how it's happened, but uh, it's kind of like, I don't know why my wife fell in love with me, but I enjoy it. I really like being in love with her and I don't know why God chose the children to give us, but he did. And I love all three of my children and they're all mysteries <laughs> in, in a package of joy and bubbly uh, blessing to my wife and I. So mysteries and, and the mystical realm has got to be more than infatuation. It has to be our focus. Like I said earlier in, in Colossians 3, it says we set our heart on things above, unseen realities. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. So that's a mystery in itself, the unseen realm. We must step into that place and enjoy what God has given us through Christ, that we are bilocational. We are on earth uh, with our feet on the ground, living our lives, paying our bills, loving our friends and our families, but we are supernaturally seated in the heavenly realm at the same time. We are literally bilocational believers. And that joy has got to be part of our experience, just like the joys of a wedding or a birthday presence here on earth, the joys and bliss of the eternal realm, of that glorious spiritual realm that we've already come to Mount Zion. We, we don't go to a, a place in Israel called Zion. There is a heavenly Zion uh, that we go to, and we are already the New Jerusalem people. We don't we're not going to the New Jerusalem. That's such a uh, wrong teaching that's not in the Bible. The Bible nowhere says we're going to a floating city in the sky that's 12,000 miles by 12,000 miles. <laughs> that city is coming here. John saw it. Get in the spirit. You'll see it too. It is the bridal community of lovers that have wedded their soul eternally to Christ that are one with him. The New Jerusalem is a people, not a place. It is a realm 
of the enjoyment of Christ we step into, just like Zion is a mountain of bliss, we step into the Isaiah 2 mountain of the temple of the Lord, exalted above all the other mountains. So the metaphoric realm of the Bible has to be embraced by the church. And that's one of my, one of my life missions is to, uh, through the Passion Translation and our teaching and footnotes, etc., to bring a deeper understanding, to read what's between the letters on the page, and to understand that God, when he speaks his word, is going to speak mysteries that are not easily understood by the novice. And by deepening our faith and our love for God, we can step into the Matthew 13, 11, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. We, we, are, we are facilitators of the mystic secrets of God. First uh, Corinthians 4, verse 1, the apostles are to steward mysteries. And that is, they've been given mysteries to reveal to the body of Christ. And so there's so much there that would prevent us from just locking in to hyper-literalization of the Bible and, and a hyper-natural realm where we deny anything that's beyond our understanding. Oh, that's not God. That's not God. Well, my ways are not your ways, God says. If you can think it, it may not be God, because my thoughts are not your thoughts. So there, there's just an invitation being given to the church right now to step into that glorification realm of, that we've already mentioned, uh, of this new reformation, this, this birthing of something so powerful that is, it's here. It's not coming. It, it's here. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's close enough to reach. We don't die to get into the kingdom. We live in love and we enter the kingdom. Kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit realm, in Holy Spirit. So you could turn that around a little bit. If you move the words around just a little bit, you would say the kingdom of God is in the spirit, which brings you righteousness, peace, and joy. Isn't that good? Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually wanted to bring up the same thing there about the flavor, the essence of the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, and even unpack that a little more. Like righteousness, like right relationship, you're completely reconciled. So now, as the Bible says, so now you can rejoice in your wonderful new relationship with God That's because right. our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. You know that we're completely reconciled. That's wonderful. That's righteousness. And then the peace that surpasses all understanding. You could be in pain, uh, suffering from cancer and, and a Job experience, you know, and, and yet still have this underlying peace that surpasses all understanding and a joy and inexpressible and full of glory, you know. And there's so much in our soul that convolutes the purity of the spirit, the essence of that righteousness, peace, and joy from expressing itself in the world, these layers of suppression suppressing the truth in unrighteousness that's kind of attached to our soul is curses and things that we believe false beliefs and about ourselves and about who god is all this mistaken notions that are keeping us uh, and, and keeping our bodies sick too because the spirit the spirit can heal our bodies and keep us uh more healthy and whole um when we renew our minds and let the spirit transfer yeah. through all you know all, and, and get rid of all the convolution i don't know if you want to talk about that or touch on that some more yeah the the freedom we have in the spirit is is 
is so valuable and precious that Paul exhorted the Galatians. He said, make sure you stand firm. Don't budge. Don't let anyone move you from the freedom that we have in Christ. This amazing freedom that has really nothing to do with the outward. It doesn't do have anything to do with circumcision or uncircumcision, with keeping a feast or or you know a diet or what we eat or or where we worship. I mean, it, it, the whole spirit kingdom is invisible. So therefore, it is a realm that that is beyond what we've experienced in the natural. And uh, fear and the pollution of the soul that you mentioned those those are things that will cloud, blur our vision. And will focus us back on us. We, you know, we, when we look in the mirror, we shouldn't see ourselves anymore. We should see the reflection of God moving in our lives. And that mirror, the man in the mirror, it is the, the life of Christ coming out of us. That's rising up in us. He is the man of Ezekiel, Ezekiel's whirlwind in chapter one. It's Christ coming out of the flames of our life. It's Christ in us. The wheel in a wheel is Christ in us, the kingdom inside of us, that with full of eyes of revelation and, and the wings. Oh, my. Ezekiel 1. Oh, Daniel. That is one wild, crazy chapter. I can't wait to translate it. I'm starting now in Jeremiah. I finished um, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. It'll be coming out in one volume, 2020 this year. Uh, it's going to be called Courage to Conquer. And it's a timely word for this body, for this age, I should say. And now uh, Jeremiah will be out in 2021, and it's the prophet of righteousness. Oh, that's lovely. I'm looking forward to, to that, and I encourage you along on your journey. Thank you. And uh, yeah, lots of love. Um, I, you mentioned the mirror, and I just came across this quote. Um, the truth was a mirror in the hands of God. It fell and broke into pieces. Everyone took a piece of it and they looked at it and thought they had the truth. And this is why we need each other because we each carry our own puzzle piece. You know, our own. we each have one <laughs> that forms the full tapestry uh, of, of, you know, picture of reality and an experience of, of yeah. that. The best and illustration I, of that, if I could uh, segue into that, is yeah. like four gospels that, there's not just one Jesus. There's four expressions of him. And there's really more than that. The, the Jewish people believe that there are 70 faces to the Torah. There's 70 names of God. And you start thinking about Jesus and who he is in his fullness. One gospel, no way could they have everything and, and put all the nuance there. So the fact that there's four gospels tells us that nobody has it all. I'm sure Matthew loved to read. He may be reading it in heaven right now. Matthew probably loves reading John's gospel, and John loves the, the detail that Luke puts into his gospel. Uh, wow. You know, so many writers of the Bible all have different perspectives, backgrounds. Paul was a tent maker. Peter was a fisherman. But woven together, we have the adequate, sufficient totality of the revelation of God in the Bible. I, I, I really am a Bible guy. Obviously, I spend hours every day uh, in the Word translating, but uh, I, I want to just really recommend to everybody that you become, uh, read the whole Bible. Don't just read the New Testament. 
Some of you have an aversion to the Old Testament. I mean, I'm finding Revelation jumping out at me in the genealogies. I, I'm seeing a, a journey going through the book of Judges and a beautiful divine opera, the book of Ruth and Jeremiah. Wow, the, the painful angst that he went through as he knew Israel was going to be taken into captivity and, and nobody would listen to him. And gosh, there's so many emotions, flavors. Moses, the strong leader, Paul, the lover and apostle, and, and cared so much about the churches he birthed, the prophets, and like John, the lover. So we all carry, like Mary, the Christ within us. But each of us have a mission divinely in our DNA to express a measure of Christ to the world. And uh, Daniel, you're, you're bringing uh, that Christ truth, that Christ revelation through your life and your ministry and your music. Uh, so we all have that divine calling, don't we? Nobody has it all. We all need one another. We needle each other, but we need each other. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're each like a single thread in the tapestry. <laughs> The song from Prince of Egypt came, oh, yeah. came to my mind, but yeah. like, yeah, we each have a puzzle piece to the to the whole, like, like basically like fractals of the soul of God. You know, I, I like to say are fractals of the soul of Christ. That when we all come together and we all function in submission to our head, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where that's where yeah. all the beauty comes, and and it's like, okay, we see the picture. You fit perfectly in Christ. And he's going to place you there if you work with him, you know, and uh, you talked about earlier, the wheel within a wheel. I mean, I, you see that in like, in, in like how the universe is made and or like a, a galaxy or like a tornado, this toroidal field. And it's like people had said, this is how our, our spirits are as well. Like in the, you know, <laughs> like we're like a tornado and then it spills out over and kind of comes in the bottom and does this thing. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Well, that's, that's wild. I just know that there's so many mysteries that, that we've got to be willing to lay down our, our pride-filled opinions, our, our guilt-driven theologies, our self-centered uh, eschatologies, and get into a place where Jesus plus nothing is all I need. I am a believer in Yeshua. He lives in me. I live in him. And I like it like that. Yeah. And then we humbly serve each other just, to, yeah. just as Jesus modeled for us. Like, how do we love each other well and best and encourage one another? You know, and one of the ways I wanted to do that for our listeners today was just to read a little sample of the Passion Translation, a prayer that Paul prayed, you know, in, in Ephesians 3. So um, here it goes. I'm just going to read this for our listeners sake and just take this in take this to heart um, so i kneel humbly in awe before the father of our lord jesus the messiah the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth and i pray that he would unveil within you the ultimate unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. I love that. 
and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. That just flabbergasts me. <laughs> I'm undone hearing that. Mm. Yes, and we talked about being uh, his holy ones too, right? Yeah. We are the host of heaven when we host heaven. And heaven is not so much of a place as it is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, as I like to say. I like that. And I love, I love that portion of scripture. That's what I wanted to bless people with. And it's a sample of Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. So yeah, in the Passion Translation. So there'll be links to that in the description of this video as well. I want to check that out. But I wanted to hear about your encounter with, uh, with the love of Jesus, with that bright light. I think it happened like in, a, in your office. I heard about this story. Heard you share the story on, on another occasion. Yeah, it's actually in my, in my bedroom, sitting on the edge of my bed. Beautiful glory of God came into my room. Uh, I had no doubt what it was. You wouldn't either. If it were you, nor any of our listeners, it was so supernaturally pure, holy, and exalting of heaven. And uh, the divine presence came into my room. It was a light that shined so bright. I was in the midst of, of telling the Lord how much I loved him, how much I wanted him, how much I wanted to be a, a pastor that would love the people with the love of Christ. And I was realizing my failures in that. I was acknowledging my need for the love of God. And, and he came in answer or respond. I don't know. He just came. I don't know that anything I did brought him other than my passion for him. But he uh, breathed on me. He, he just gave me a, a, a fire that stepped in my heart. That, uh, I was uh, undone for days, maybe really months. And uh, it affected our church powerfully. Our church immediately began to manifest a presence from the Lord that was way past me. I had no, uh, I had no uh, thought that it was anything of me at all. But uh, people uh, would often, they just couldn't stand. The glory would get so intense. We'd have Sunday services where people couldn't even get past the atrium to get into the building. They were moved so powerfully. We had people that were knocked to the ground by God's power uh, with no one touching them and uh, trying to get in their cars in the parking lot, uh, just unable to, to drive. They just had to just, they were so stunned by God's manifest presence. And I think it was a foretaste of what we're going to see in the nations, what we're going to see 
uh, right away is we're going to see the presence of God increase in such a way that uh, no one will be so foolish to take the glory for themselves. And no one will be so foolish as to try to control it or uh, use it or merchandise it. But it will be the steel punch of God coming in awakening power and divine glory that that rivals anything we see in the Bible. I do believe in a great, powerful awakening or reformation, whatever term, revival is another word. But I, I do believe that we're going to see stadiums filled with Jesus lovers worshiping God. And it doesn't matter who the hot dog preacher is, who the, the, the great worship leader or the star, none of that will be there because there's only one star and it's Jesus. I've had dreams of this. I've seen it uh, in a heavenly vision. I've been taken into heaven and I've seen uh, what God is about to do, a measure. Again, it's like we all see in part, but I've seen uh, an awakening among this millennial generation that is going to be so powerful and it will be rocking the earth. Television stations are going to be filming meetings for free. <laughs> we won't have to go pay for advertising or marketing. And the networks are going to be broadcasting the miraculous and with uh, jaw-dropping manifestations of God's presence. The glory of heaven is kissing the earth, and there will be a great harvest of souls. Uh, the last book of the Bible does not give us the revelation of Antichrist. It, give, it brings us the revelation of Jesus Christ. And what we're going to see, the best wine saved for last is a great ingathering, the Feast of Tabernacles, the golden sickle in the hands of God's reaping angels, which I believe could be ministries uh, that are going to harvest the planet. Evangelists are going to be back into uh, focus, uh, pure-hearted, like Billy Graham's in purity with uh, Paul the Apostle in authority and power. That is the mingling that we're going to see in the uh, evangelistic outreaches as we see North America harvested for the kingdom of God. So don't let any negativity, any of the enemies, distractions, the chatter, the, the noise, don't let any of that, even the political noise, don't let any of that detract you from that clear-hearted focus, that simple devotion that Jesus himself is going to win the hearts of what you were what you once thought were unwinnable people ha huh. universities and college students becoming walking prayer meetings and places of night and day prayer and fiery furnaces of intercession of of prayer meetings spontaneously being birthed on street corners uh in in offices and and the, the atmosphere electric with the presence of god that's what i see this great Charles Finney awakening on steroids that's going to come to this planet. Oh my, I'm excited about it. Yes, I am too. I'm so excited about this coming awakening and uh, gosh, I, you know, and you saw something in heaven, didn't you about the revel uh, John 22 and it was kind of a metaphor. Oh, by the way, you're going to like this because when I, when I was connecting with the host of heaven, and they were teaching me things. And I was like tripping over the metaphors of what they were showing me. Like, Daniel, we speak to you in metaphor. 
It's the primary way that we speak to you and metaphor because it's the best way for us to communicate these eternal truths in a way that you can understand. So I knew that you'd appreciate that. And so the Lord showed you in heaven a metaphor of like this book of the Bible, John chapter 22, which symbolized like the next great awakening that we're in. Right. Yeah. And I want to hasten to say, and I've said this on a television program that sadly it got edited out, but uh, let me make sure this doesn't get edited out, that there will not be a John 22 added to the Bible. I'm not propagating that we're going to get another chapter added to the scriptures. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I saw in heaven a book called John 22, which had in it the recorded works of Jesus that the whole world couldn't contain if they were written down. The things that Jesus did, we only have a few months of his life recorded in scripture. If you condensed the gospels, we just have a few months, three and a half months of his life. So, you know, he lived a wonderful life of 33 and a half years doing all kinds of things that are not recorded in scripture, but they are recorded in heaven. And that is the book called John 22 that I saw. I held it in my hands. And the Lord said that he is going to release the revelation in that book in the final generation. So, yes, it is a metaphor. Thank you for setting that up for me. It is a metaphor for the coming uh, earth-shaking, heaven-rending, heart-breaking, jaw-dropping, miraculous awakening that is upon us now. And it will include miracles, signs, and wonders. And you've experienced some of that yourself. I mean, I'd love to hear about your trip to India. And did this happen after your meeting with Jesus in your bedroom and that bright light and the glory um, where, you know, I, you told, you, you talked about how you'd walk through the grocery store and people would be like collapsing on the ground and things like this. And you brought it back to the, the, the school and you taught some kids and they were falling out of their seats <laughs> uh, just at the glory of God. But then you went to India and uh, there's a story about a little boy. Yeah. From that, that uh, beautiful encounter, and, and, and I'm sure there will be some people that are watching or hearing this that say, well, why do you always talk about these encounters? And I mean, uh, well, because it's real, and the fruit that came is real. And, you know, God is appearing, the Lord Jesus is appearing in dreams, visions, and actually appearing to Muslims around the world. And the evangelical world has no problem with Jesus coming to Muslims. But what about Jesus coming to lovers of God, to believers like myself and Daniel and others? Jesus is bringing his presence, glory, and visions, dreams, and yes, coming before believers on this earth today. He loves us that much. So divine encounters are just such important part of the advancement of church history, of the church itself, uh, you know, of angelic encounters, people being taken into the heavenly realm, Philip being lifted up geographically and transported 17 miles uh, from, uh, you know, uh, on the road there from the chariot. And all these supernatural things are all included in the Bible. And the problem is when we start saying, what, what's wrong with that today? And that's where the contention comes. Having said that, yes, uh, I, I was after, it was after that encounter that I took a team of 20 
to India. So we had lots of witnesses. Actually, there was 10,000 or more in the meeting. So uh, there, everybody there witnessed it. Uh, I had a vision while I was preaching on Jesus could do anything is what I was preaching. That Jesus can do anything. There's nothing, no miracle too great. There's nothing, not a sickness, not, a, not anything. And all of a sudden, I had a vision. I was awestruck. I saw a woman carrying a dead child into the meeting and I called it out and I said, you you just brought a, a dead baby to the meeting believing God could raise your child from the dead. Come right now and he will do just that. And it all came out of me before I could think. And I was glad that it came out before I could think. But my 20 elders and leaders that were behind me, they all gasped and said, oh, Pastor Brian, what are you saying? Oh no, what if it doesn't happen? Of course, I turn around and thank them for their great faith. And uh, sure enough, the woman screamed in the back of the, uh, the massive field where we were at, and she came with her, ba her child, maybe under two years old, and uh, a boy had fallen into a drainage ditch and drowned that morning. And this was night, eight, nine o'clock at night, had been dead that whole time, cold, lifeless body. She brought this child to me. I held and uh, the supernatural power of God raised him from the dead. It was not me. It was the supernatural power of God. Sometimes I can't get me out of bed on time. So <laughs> I know that it was God. And, of course, the, the mother knew it was heaven's gift to her. And as I understand it, for a few years, they would send us pictures of that child. And uh, how it got to me, I still don't know. But uh, that, that mother... And her husband, the father, planted a church from that meeting and is now well over a thousand people. And um, they named the church Gateway, which that was their choice. And Gateway was the church that I pastored. And uh, the leaders that were with me, we were all from that church Gateway. So that's why she ended up calling her church Gateway. But a thousand people in a, in a village of maybe 1,500 people. So it tells you. Uh, what God did through that resurrection miracle. We can expect that to happen. Yeah. That is that lovely. Is Sorry, there's no echo. Okay. All right. So one thing um, as far as miracles and stuff, I, the way I've experienced uh, and partnered with the Lord in, uh, in like a gift of, in a, in a healing miracle in my own life was like, God's presence was there. Like he, he like came to me and he said, Daniel, I want to do this. Just pray. And I could have prayed anything like the dumbest prayer ever because he was, he was doing this. He was working with me and through me to do this. I was partnering with him in that. And he was just making me look good or something. Like I'm, I'm like this holy God, which I am according to the Bible. We are holy ones. Um, and so I, I, I just want to re release this, uh, I guess, authority. I'd like to talk about, touch on this uh, subject of authority to do miracle signs and wonders. Um, I heard recently somebody say that your character and your authority or the amount of influence you have, that's really what authority is all about, is the influence you have of the kingdom to usher in more of the kingdom. And, and Sean Bowles uh, would, would say, like, um, you have authority over, over whom and what you love. So authority is, a, is an outflow of, of that as well, influence. 
Yeah, I think just the more of the more of Christ likeness. You know, the Bible says multiple places in the New Testament, we will be like Christ. That the Christ likeness to be conformed to His likeness is the work of the Holy Spirit. So to become like Christ is the destiny of every one of us. The Father loves His Son so much, He will fill the earth with people just like Him. Hmm. So we are being wrapped into the identity of Christ's likeness to become like him. And as we more and more become like him, then we will have the character. We'll have the fruitfulness and we'll have the authority. And of course the power to release that into the earth realm. But to the goal of our life isn't, isn't just power. It isn't just authority. That's what the people of this world seek after. Our goal is to be so filled to that fullness, like you read in Ephesians 3, the fullness of Christ coming forth from us so that our life totally expresses him. Then he is free to pour through us like a fountain, like a, a river. He can roll right through us like he did with Jesus. You know, uh, drink of me and you're going to get rivers of living water. A drink becomes a river out of the fullness of Christ. And so we release that into the earth. And that's our holy quest. Uh, and I love the teachings on character and fruitfulness and righteousness and holiness that we all must walk in, uh, especially when we bring it back to the love of God and the fullness of Christ in us, rather than something that we squeeze out of our life like toothpaste in a tube. <laughs> yeah. Because the whole point is intimacy, you know, getting so close to face-to-face -face relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, where into me you see intimacy, right? And, uh, and I, I think about a phrase in a movie, Avatar, that was introduced, and it had such a depth, such a weight to it, you know, that uh, this, this tribe on this other planet had, like this, this way they said, I see you, you know, I see you. And that's what Jesus would say to us and then, and then us returning his gaze and letting him just see into us. And we look right back and we see like, wow, the, the portal to paradise through his eyes, you know, that it's really, really all about this wonderful relationship we can have with the most wonderful being and best friend we could ever hope to have. And that's what we're, that's, that's what it is. And then, so miracle signs and wonders are being like a, a fruit of that, like an aid to that. Intimacy being the end goal, that reconciled, restored enjoyment of relationship. And then, we're, then we'll do the works Christ did and even greater works shall you do, Jesus said in John 14, 12, right? It's powerful. Daniel, it's just amazing what God's doing. I hope all the listeners and viewers today will just tap into the joy and the life of Jesus Christ, no matter what's happening, no matter what you're facing today, no matter what's surrounding you. Uh, this is how I fight my battles, and it's through the love relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, it's so much more than uh, a church service, even though we, of course, you know, Churches are us. I've done probably more church services than uh, most people that you know. 
though I love being together with God's people, but it's so much more than that, isn't it? It's a relationship of, of tenderhearted love, like to a best friend, you know, and to just let Jesus and you, uh, like the Song of Songs, it says we lie down together in, in verdant uh, fields, and the cedars are our rafters, fir is our beams, our balconies. And there in that resting place, we just look together, we lie together, we rest in the fullness of Christ, uh, in his heart, in his love, uh, as more intimate than anything you have known on earth. So may, may each of us, Daniel, you, me, and everyone included here, may we find that delight that will really be heaven on earth. You know, heaven is, is now. Eternal life is now. If you don't get it when you die, you get it when you believe. So it's now. And we can enter in and lay hold of eternal life and enjoy the blessings innumerable that God has provided for us. Love being with you, Daniel. Yes, you as well. Thank you for your time. And uh, I just encourage all our listeners to connect with, with your Facebook page. That's a great way to connect. And there's videos there that you, yeah, I've seen you do and lots of wonderful encouragement um, at facebook.com slash the passion translation uh, or just passion translation. Sorry, I'm not the, but passion translation. And is there anywhere else that you'd like for people to connect with you? Yeah, our ministry website is passionandfire.com. We need both, don't we? Passionandfire.com. And you can find all about us and our schedule and all the things we're up to. We got trips to Israel. We have, uh, we actually do a, a, a joy cruise. I'm going to teach uh, on a cruise in January of 2021. I'm going to teach on the throne room. We're going to call it sailing on the sea of glass. And it'll be a just amazing time of fun in the SON on a cruise ship together, doing life together, just being real. And uh, we have Bible school. We've got uh, webinars and teachings and all kinds of stuff. But main thing is we just want Jesus to be uh, spread throughout the earth. Amen. As do I. And it's, it's a joy to be part of this, this next great awakening. And just to, to wake people up to who Christ is and how much he loves them. And it's all, it's all about this rich, deep, intimate love. I love some of the uh, descriptors, you know, the far reaching and intimate and beyond measure, transcending our understanding, the extravagant love of God, the astonishing love of, of, our, of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to whom we pledge our allegiance. <laughs> 